I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to Bitches on Comics. It is I, Sarah Century, your best friend, your most beloved host of them all. Oh, except <laughs> oh, for... Oh, bullshit! Sorry, there's another person here. Um... <laughs> Actually, I think that there might be more than one person on this call. So let me go ahead. I'm going to go back. Actually, I am one of four of your favorite people. And one of them them happens to be my co-host, who I believe can introduce themselves. Hello, hello. I'm Essie Fleenor. Super pumped to be here today. You've already heard the voices of our lovely guests a little bit, but I'll start by introducing first Sarah Tomko and then the lovely Alice Wetterland. Uh, Sarah, why don't you tell us just a little bit about like, what's what's your deal? What are you? What are you into? What's my deal? Oh man, yeah. my deal is I love bitches on comics. You know, yeah. Eve Flinor, Sarah Century coming at you live. I am Sarah Tomko, and I play Asta Twelve Trees on Resident Alien alongside my beautiful co-star here, Alice Wetterland. Give it up for Alice. Yeah, baby. Give it up for Sarah. Give it up for your hosts. Give it up for everybody you've seen tonight. It's been a great show. We'll be here till Tuesday. (laughs) What happens on Tuesday? It's a goddamn week. We can't obviously be here next much. Wednesday. We can't be here every no, we episode. No, because Sarah, I have to come over to your house. <laughs> Alice is coming. That's this. true. I'm physically going to you. <laughs> like 
three hours. Yes. I should have just come to your house. We could have done Wait, this together. Wait, this is dumb. Why? <laughs> yeah, it should have been so, so stupid that we didn't do that. <laughs> that was we, You could have been right here next to Dev. I'm going to pretend you are. I'm just going to put my arm out on the couch and pretend you're there. Are they Keanu me? <laughs> yes. we'll, we'll, you know what? We'll Photoshop those together. It'll look really, <laughs> really look organic. So small. <laughs> <laughs> like a mini Alice right next to me on the couch. And then, Alice, did you want to introduce yourself a itty bit or a lot? Um, yeah, I'm a comedian. I was writing a bio for Linktree, and I'm not going to use Linktree because it was really annoying. I was writing a bio for Linktree, and it cut me off. So it was just like, I'm a comedian, but the good kind, not the sex pest kind, who's always like, free speech. And then it cut me off there, and I was like, I kind of like it. I kind of like it just stopping there. Free speech. Free speech. It's perfect. Because we don't really need to hear more. <laughs> yeah, what else do you need to know? I'm a comedian. Um, and what that used to mean is somebody who's professionally funny and now it means, uh, sexual predators who, <laughs> uh, basically are Love warriors to against their cancel dick culture. Out. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, really would... <laughs> Love it if that's not what that meant now. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice for humor to not forever be tied yeah. with uh, such assholery, let's say. I would love. But, you know, <laughs> I don't control everything, unfortunately. Well, let's Yet. change that. Because of Joe I'm Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Thanks a lot. You know, I am just so excited to have you all here because we are going to be talking about your extremely cool TV show, Resident Alien, uh, which if for listeners, if you haven't been watching, what are you doing? What the fuck, you guys? <laughs> I have a message for everybody not watching. Fuck you. <laughs> it can be found everywhere on Sci-Fi and Peacock app. What is Peacock? <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's weird because it, it is the amalgamation of the words P and cock. <laughs> and you're like, that, you thought that was good? That. <laughs> <laughs> the pee-poop app. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, love, we love the Peacock app and we are so grateful. Our oh, yeah. show is on We love NBCU. We love the best. <laughs> we love... <laughs> Every platform that shows our show. Especially the social media that promotes us. They're definitely never getting the tone wrong. (laughs) One thing they know is, one thing they know really well is the characters' names. Because they're always getting them right. (laughs) Deputy Liz. Liz Liz is just Liz. It's it's hard, you know, the changing changing the Z with the V. Deputy Liv versus Liz. I get it. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's your whole job. (laughs) (laughs) We love our social media team, though, and we love every platform we're on. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys! I don't even know if I'm going to get to a question. You're fucking killing me. We're answering them. I really like all the laughter. (laughs) I know you've intuited everything I had to ask. Like, you're responsible for all comedians. Can you please speak for them? You know, yes. I'm really grateful that you just volunteered it. It yeah. makes it easier to relax. She's a really good candidate. Look, I can't help it if these waitresses are hot. You know, guys? <laughs> it's really not on me. I can't help it. It's not on me, baby. <laughs> 
It's doodle, baby. Oh, my God. Well, uh, uh, for the minority of people who haven't seen Resident yeah, Alien, sure. it is a delightful <laughs> TV show, an adaptation of a comic. And I think I know what it is. But, I, I you know, Sarah, Alice, I know you have to do a lot of promo PR work. Yeah. Like, how do you describe it? Maybe not in the PR side. Like, when you're talking to, like, friends or family, like, what is this show to you? You know, I always say it's a sci-fi show that is not very sci-fi, you know? It is because there's an alien, sure, who crash lands, and it's like E.T. all grown up if he didn't actually get back home and he decided to stick around and, like, figure out how to be human. But it really is this, like, quirky, weird, murder mystery family drama in the middle of this small town, Colorado, that is really heartfelt and bizarre, and I think one of the most normal things about it is there's an alien. The humans are the weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> They're so weird. So I'm a sci-fi person. I love space stuff, anything space. So like I um, don't downplay, you know, because a lot of people are like resistant to sci-fi. So I totally understand why you'd be like, it's not very sci-fi y because it isn't like, you know, space the final frontier. I mean, I just for the average sci-fi view, you know, for people who yeah, aren't you're going to be watching sci-fi. Yeah, they actually would. You're going to be watching Northern in. Exposure yeah. with an alien, <laughs> right? Right by your side, and it's great. But um, my thing I always say is like, it's I say to people that I haven't watched, I'm like, it's actually good. Like I say, <laughs> it's it's actually good. Yeah. You know, being an actor, you don't really get to always choose the projects that you do at our level. You're not like, I'm not offer only, um, even though that is my whole attitude. Um, really? I, so, I've, all I've ever gotten is offers. What do you mean? Huh. Okay. Huh. Oh. okay. Are you still going over in three hours or is that now no. off the off the plate? Why would I check my watch? So I just feel like just kidding. I get to... So it's like I get so excited to tell people about it because I'm like, it's really, it's actually good. It's actually good. You should watch. <laughs> it's like very funny. And I, my favorite thing about the show is that other comedians watch it and like it. Like that's a huge, for me, that's a huge get. That's a big plus as a comedian. What you always want to do is impress other comedians. And this show is like, it's got clout among people who write comedy. So that makes me really happy. And uh, I think all of us have at least one family member who's like, if you weren't in it, I would still watch it, which I think is a pretty good compliment. But there's also that's like, true. there's also like the, the other family member that we all have that says like, if you weren't in it, I wouldn't watch it. And you're like, right. thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Question mark. Good Appreciate your honesty. But um, no, it's... <laughs> Well, I think that's actually one of the things I was really struck by. Um, we get people reach out to us a lot for the pod and they're like, oh, we want to do this and we want to do that thing. We like your faces. So we were like, we're in. Um, but, you know, watching the show and then there's so much there. It's laugh. Out. I, I have not laughed that hard at TV in a decade. Yeah. Like, and, and it's it's physical humor. It's mm -hmm. contextual humor. It's deep, heartfelt gallows humor it's every sort of layer yeah. that that makes us human right and but yeah. done through this lens of this alien which i think is something i read in an interview you did sarah i believe with salon where you talked about asta's complexity and and also about how hard it is to be human yeah and how harry becomes this sort of mirror for that struggle and i'm curious like 
why is that so important to you when you're developing and connecting to Asta? And, you know, Alice, I'll ask you about Darcy too. So, you know, fill in the blanks if you want to jump yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank God. That is so important just in general, whenever I'm playing any role, I want to feel um, seen and heard as a human who is messy with very, very uh, layered emotions because I feel like sometimes you read scripts and it's very surface level and people are sort of checking boxes left and right. And so when you can find something that you can wrap your head around and and has that that heart, it's really rewarding. Even just to read the script or go out for that audition, you're just like, that was great. You know, like good luck to that project, whether I'm a part mm-hmm. of it or not. Yeah. You know, this one was like surprising because it is so funny. Um, you're right. There's a ton of physical comedy. I am surrounded by some of the most brilliant comedians. I stand by that. And, um, the Emmys need to like, you know, like reconfigure their nominations. But, um, I feel that it's, it's important that Asta is, um, kind of going through this you know, trying to figure out what it means to be human herself while there's an actual alien (laughs) around her trying to figure out what it means to be human. And I think uh, our parallel, um, you know, time on Earth is meaningful beyond what it is just being human on Earth. Like, I really do believe in other life forms. I believe in, um, you know, powers greater than us, spirits, and, um, you know, just just that we've come before and we will again. And and so I just think it's important that while we're here together now, we're not, I don't understand why we would point fingers and say, I'm the better species, you know, that doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. You know, I think it's incredible to have a show that's dealing awkwardly and delicately at the same time with, you know, we are different and yet we are very, very alike. And I think yeah. Asta just really needed someone to come crash land into her life, literally, and help her feel not alone. And then I think audiences who have related to Asta needed that as well. Needed needed yeah. to see someone that they could relate to on screen that was also just as messy and vulnerable. And and I think that's what's so great about our friendship in the show. Um, Darcy and Asta are sort of this beautiful sugar and salt or whatever, salt and pepper. <laughs> what do you want to, you know, like we have all the variations yeah. where we... Human and time. Right. Like we, I think we have this wonderful um, way that we balance each other. Um, and as we were talking about Sarah Sentry, as a Libra, I need balance in my life. And yeah. so as a person on set, I'm so grateful to be working alongside Alice and then as as a character in a show, I'm so grateful to have Darcy to remind me to laugh, remind me to dance, remind me to, to not t- take everything so seriously. Um, and I think yeah. that that is something that Alice and I, Darcy and Asta, do well together. But to answer the initial question, I think that's also why Harry being in Asta's life is so important. He He makes her mm-hmm. think outside the box and remind herself that she's, you know, it's okay to be an other. You know, it's Sarah is like, if you had a situation where aliens came to Earth and they were like, we need an ambassador. We need somebody <laughs> to explain to us who, what human is, what that, what you guys are about. There is literally nobody I can think of 
in the world that I'd rather send than Sarah Tonko. Like, oh, just it is true. <laughs> Knowing you re- really well, right. I mean, you know, obviously Harry Styles is an option. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't <laughs> hung out with him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. I would be worried about the accent. You know what I mean? I'd be worried about. Them, you know what I mean? Right. Them falling in love. The amount of drugs right. immediately, <laughs> <laughs> like distracted. Watermelon sugar. Oh, you know, it's just like, it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> so you all do magazine spreads and it's like, no, it'd be confusing. Right. Like it, Sarah is that person for me. And I think that it's no wonder that audiences connect with Asta as that person in the show who is a de facto ambassador for humanity with this outside force. And I think that my hopes for the show in the future is as the sort of galactic forces begin to descend and connect more and be at the forefront of this kind of like war for humanity that that Asta's there to kind of be the referee because she's going to come in handy. And <laughs> being Darcy, I'm very lucky that and I did forget what the question was. Uh, <laughs> We're going on that tangent number one. Sure, sure, sure. Tangent Perfect. number one. I'm channeling Corey Reynolds here. Um, like, it is amazing to play a character that... there. I mean, there was no IP for Darcy. Like, she was not in the original comics. And they just throw... It was just like a... Let's throw somebody in to kind of, like, give... Like, flesh out Asta a little bit. Because Asta mm. is kind of, like the workhorse of this show in terms of her character has to do all this exposition. She has to do a lot of like straight manning with, you know, Harry's weird idiosyncrasies. So we need to find out, you know, who she is when she's not, you know, like being the ambassador for humanity. We need to have a little bit more levity to her character and, and see who she is, you know, when she's having fun. And so they wrote this character for Darcy in, and I came in. Enter Darcy. Yeah. Basically, you know, I, I basically misunderstood when I read the pilot who the character was trying to be. And I I was like, oh, yeah, she's like fucking, you know, drunk with a heart of gold. Fuck yeah. You know, I was like, I had in my head this character that I wanted to do that actually um, I tried to do on Silicon Valley when I read the script for Silicon Valley. I created this character. And they were like, no, that's not who it is at all. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do this other thing. <laughs> In the comic, Darcy's <laughs> like a bookworm who has... Wait, Darcy ad- exists in the comic? Well, like, the, who your character... I don't think that's even her name, but there is a character in the comic who is, like, a waitress slash bookworm who has, like, a husband right. and kid. And, like, I think they took some of that and sprinkled it on Asta's right. role. But then, ultimately, it was, like, one of the one of the characters I feel like they just... you You just, like broke through this glass ceiling of like, we have so many things we want to do with this character and now we need Alice Waterland to play the part. It was beautiful. Well, I I brought that character I created for Silicon Valley into Darcy and I was like, this is who I want to play. Um, and this is who I understand the character to be when I, read, when I read the script. I was like, oh great, an opportunity for me to kind of like be this woman who is very, uh, she's a loose cannon. She's... Um, extremely gregarious Mm -hmm. she's pretty worldly she's like she's kind of in a lot of ways like you can see her as like she's a young woman but she's not she's lived a lot and Mm -hmm. so 
I was like, yeah, awesome. This is the opportunity. And they were like, whoa, that's not at all what we meant. But I think Chris <laughs> responded and was like, but maybe, maybe this makes some sense. Yeah. And so, you know, he kind of tested it out, what it would look like with Asta as played by Sarah. And it just gelled. And thankfully, when we got to set, it, it couldn't possibly have been a better situation. That's a testament to your charm, babe. Your charm. You just walked in the room and you were like, this is what it is and you're going to hire I think me I'm, right now. <laughs> I'm charming to some people. Like, <laughs> thankfully I'm charming to Chris, but <laughs> you know, I just, I think I met the right group of people that, that are my people yeah. and, and there's no better, I've, I've never had better onset chemistry with somebody in my life. And, you know, Sarah is a friend and a, confidant and a great person one of the best people that I know um but working with her is like a high five from Jesus every day <laughs> we work together it's just like oh wow literally no acting involved you know what I mean yeah that's I feel the same way I thought one of the first days we worked on set together you lost your passport I think that was one of the first times we worked <laughs> you weren't sure where it was you were freaking out yeah. and I remember finding you near the craft food services table before it was pre-pandemic when everyone put their hands in the nuts, you know, and <laughs> and it was all nuts. At it was that all point, nuts. Like all the sweets nuts, were gone. Not milk. It really nuts was. Bread. Yeah, not bread. I just found you there by the nuts, or maybe I was there. I was probably there. I love being near the food always. Um, and you were just like freaking out, and I just like took you into my arms, and we just like breathed together and I was like whatever it is we're gonna figure it out and you were like okay and then we like went and did our scene and then afterwards they were like we found your passport and it was this beautiful moment <laughs> where we were able to like calm each other down because I was also nervous oh my god you guys should have been there the first day I did a red carpet event which is only, we've only had like two because we've endured a pandemic during this it's show. Been five years, <laughs> we, right? <laughs> but the first time I was on the red yeah. carpet, Alice is there, and I'm like, I'm visibly sweating. My agent's handing me like a Jack and Coke just so I can just chill the fuck out, and <laughs> and and she just so delicately puts her hand on the small of my back, and she was like, "You got this." The same way she did in the last episode last week. <laughs> when I'm like, just have killed a man. Spoiler for those of you who aren't watching it. And what are you doing? As we already said, <laughs> I you. just killed a man. <laughs> you. And she's like, you got this. We got this. And that mm. is, that's the way Alice is in my life. That's the way she is with this character. And we're just so happy to be together. We're in love. It doesn't. We're in love. I mean, to me, like that was... Two things made me want to do this show, even though I'd already done People of Earth. And I was like, oh, great. Small town alien show. Is this like a joke? Like, do I have to continue? Is this the rest of my life? Right. I was like, obviously, I need to be in the Avengers. What's going on? <laughs> and I talked to Chris about it. And two things about this show made me really excited to to say yes, which was one was this female friendship, you know, and there wasn't a ton in the pilot. Um, for me to go on, but I talked to Chris about it and I was like, you know, this is an opportunity and he expresses to me as well, like this is an opportunity to do something that we don't get to see all the time mm -hmm. in shows, you know, and it's crazy because it feels like we do when we talk about, you know, shows like Insecure and, you know, I think um, a lot of shows now uh, have been working on this and it's getting more like trendy to talk about female friendship, but um I, I still haven't seen what 
my my female friendship, you know, like my most trusted female friend that I grew up with, um, Brayden, who I'm going to tell her to listen to this. She gets a shout hey, out. Hey, Brayden. Shout out, Brayden. What up, girl? It's this kind of like thing that when you have this best friend who you would walk through fire for, you know what I mean? It's a love that like, I I know I know that there's no abandonment here. Like this person's going to be there forever, ride or die. Like that kind of thing is just special. It's special. And I think it's unique to um, non-cis male friendships in a way, mm-hmm. if, if you know what I mean. Like it really is this thing where, anyway, so I really was excited to play that. I was really excited to portray that. And also I was really excited to be on a show that got indigenous representation right um and at the time before this show premiered like reservation dogs hadn't come out rutherford falls hadn't come out there wasn't a ton of comedies where um indigenous representation was done thoughtfully you know and i said to chris i was like so you gotta hire indigenous writers and you have to research this and i do not like i will pull out if you get this wrong, because that's not what I'm about at all. It's like, I'm that annoying white woman and I will fucking go <laughs> nuts if you get this wrong and I will be a pain in your ass. So, um, I, you know, to his credit, Chris is like more educated than me on this stuff now, which I don't say that a lot about a lot of people. <laughs> wow. Okay? What a compliment to Chris. It's true. Okay? Usually I'm it's like, true though. He no, was, I know he was set. He was set to make sure that he was making it right as, as much as he yeah. could. Yeah, and now he's like a firebrand mm-hmm. about it, and I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, musicians, artists, writers. Yeah, I mean everywhere. Yeah, he's like, you're really going to talk to me on stolen land. He's like that guy now. It's <laughs> right, <amazing>. right, right, right. <laughs> well, and you know, I think that that you both hit on something that for me feels like when I describe the show, I describe it as a Trojan horse. I say it's you know a show about an alien, but it's really a show about an indigenous woman and her best friend, and they're experiences of loving each other through heartbreak of being a birth mother, through heartbreak of having an issue with booze and having your life not turn out the way you want, and an alien too. And I think that heart, for me, that's like, oh, that's sticky. Like, that's something I want. You know, that's exactly mm-hmm. the kind of product I want to just num, 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 mm-hmm. num. I enjoyed watching Resident yeah. Alien so much for that reason. Yeah, And I think there's something special about offering people a funny story and then making it so much funnier because there's so much more at stake. Right. Like it's the hilarity of the show. You know, neither of you are in the scene, but I'm still going to mention it. When fucking Alan Tudyk spits on that fucking kid's face, <laughs> I died. I, I almost vomited. I was laughing so hard. I had to pause it. I was like, because it was the absurdity, right? But then, you know, you yeah. turn around and it's it's this heartfelt, we're kidding with each other. And then it turn around and then it's like, oh my God, we're going to have this hard conversation about or with Jay. You yeah. know, like there's just so many layers there. And I think what's exciting is to know that that's also happening in the writer's room. That's also happening um, on set. There are layers being brought to it and it gives us such a rich feel. And yeah. I just, I don't know, it feels very lived in, I guess I would say. Like when you were like, oh, the indigenous representation, I was like, fuck yeah, it's so, it's so powerful. The small town Colorado representation, I was raised in a small town in Colorado. And sometimes I'm like, 
you know what? This is a bit too on the nose. This is too real. Okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like so the glad falling, you said that. The I love that. Out yeah, me too. Icebergs. <laughs> you know, to to be transparent and clarify because I think it's really important in this day and age with representation. We have so many incredible indigenous actors, uh, writers, musicians, like. Alice said, you know, namely Gary Farmer, my dad, Kaylee Lorraine, who plays Jay, my cousin, the best, Sarah Podemski, who's also on Reservation Dogs. If you haven't seen that show as well, please run. Do not walk. Fuck you if you haven't seen it. Fuck you. (laughs) But um, this is actually something that Chris and I talked about a lot at the beginning of the show is that I have Native heritage, but because I'm not represented, you know, as a citizen in a tribe, and because I was still trying to figure out my affiliation, it was really important to me that I wasn't trying to represent a group of people that I that I didn't feel the right to speak on their behalf. Mm -hmm. It was important that, you know, we talked about when Harry comes to Earth, and he's an other, how is how does Asta relate to him? And, you know, for myself, I do feel uh, like an other most of the time because I don't have just one box I, I, I check, you know, I don't have, um, I, I, I have a lot of, of things that I feel like I am. And I think in this industry, it's really easy for people to try and put you in a box. And so Chris and I really talked about, you know, what would it make sense that's authentic to who I am, which, you know, is a, is a mixed ethnicity and, and being able to represent that I still was raised in white privilege, but I'm not sure where I come from. And that, that is something that everyone is dealing with in, in some way, shape or form, taking our 23andMe tests and trying to figure out like where we belong and where we fit in, that I wanted that to be a part of the story. And so that's when we agreed to, to make it that her storyline is that she's adopted and that she was raised in the indigenous community. And she has this wonderful family around her, but she's still trying to figure out who she is and what, you know, what it all means to her. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm just incre- I'm cr- incredibly proud of Chris, like you said, who, who's done so much research to make, sh- to be, uh, uh, you know, a white man in power, like giving voices to people who deserve to have their voice heard and to pass that mic and to have so many meaningful conversations with people, um, Tommy Pico, who's one of our writers, uh, who also plays one of my cousins on the show, like at Taz Barrow Chavez, who's one of our writers too. Like they've been such incredible influences in giving us the proper information when dealing with this very issue. And I just, I just want to make sure that that's clear because it's, to me, that's what makes it even more amazing to be a part of is that you have people in power who are really listening now and you have an industry who's finally going, Oh, we need to think about this differently and we need to be more respectful. And, um, the fact that I was still able to, uh, to play this role with that information and with us moving forward in that way, uh, was, was life-changing. And I'm just really grateful for that. Me too. I also think that like, unfortunately there, I mean, there is a, you know, an epidemic of stolen children who had been adopted into white families and who are indigenous, who have indigenous heritage. And that is something that so many people still don't know yeah, about. Yeah, they really you don't. Know, there's a residential school reckoning happening in Canada. And I think people think, oh, that's awful that that happened in Canada. Like we didn't also Like have we don't also states. have that everywhere, right? Yeah, exactly. everywhere. Right. We're just not doing the reckoning. And I appreciate that um, 
resident alien got an opportunity with Sarah being of native of some mixed native heritage to be able to through her character also through Jay's character um at least nod and hopefully talk about the um the disruption to native communities that this adoption system this stolen children yeah. system has has created um because it's real and it's still having effects yeah. on real kids and real adults and all over all over the states and Canada as well. Yeah, I think people definitely have this way of being like, oh, not only was it over there, but also it happened like 100 years ago right. or 200 years ago. And you're yeah. like, no, there's definitely people still alive, right? <laughs> like that It's not, yeah, dealt with. It, it didn't stop. I mean, like the late, the like the last residential school, I think in Canada was closed in like the 80s or something. Yeah. It's not like, it's, it's, it touches everything that's, I mean, it touches not just indigenous communities, it touches all communities and it's all interconnected. And it's really important to be aware of the consequences of those horrible things. And um, at the beginning of this process, I I feel like I remember there being, um, Chris was telling us there was like, uh, and I'm going to butcher this, but there's like, uh, they show it to audiences before it's actually, there's a word for it, but there's like, there's like, um, like test yes, screenings? Yes, thank you. There's like test screenings. And there were um, a number of people who had um, stories of grandparents who had come over uh, like uh, as immigrants, you know, international, uh, different people with different cultures, different backgrounds who were relating to Harry's story of coming to America, you know, and, and having to figure out how to be American where, whereas Harry's just trying to figure out how to be human. And I, I just, I think yeah. that's incredible that like we are, we are reaching people in so many different ways, di- different yeah. cultures, different walks of life who are feeling like they can relate to what they're seeing, whether it's the alien or whether it's Asta trying to find herself yeah. or whether it's Darcy trying to find her way or whether it's Ben and Kate trying to figure out how to have a marriage and have that spark you know, I think every character in our show has an incredible uh, storyline that is deep and layered and messy. And that is what is, to me, the most truthful about the comedy. It's funny because yeah. it's true. <laughs> and we're just, yeah. we're just shedding light on it, you know, left and right. I also want to give a shout out to the neurodivergent community that is, um, I've heard like I, cause I read the Reddit hey. and there's, you know, it's like with data on Star Trek, um, neuro, uh, like atypical people are, um, identifying and some people are even coding Harry as autistic, which is like awesome. Like another Trojan horse moment for the show. And I'm so excited to be a part of that because data as a, like a neurodivergent character is like, huge legacy thing for Star Trek and Mm -hmm. um, was one of the many reasons why that show was so uh, near and dear to my heart, but also uh, groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to have a character who is representing like the galactic neurodivergent community. Those who walk (laughs) among us. I think just honestly just thrills me to, I just love it. Well, and and the bitches, Sarah, uh, and I were talking about how Harry's also this character who is non-binary. Yeah. Because 
the alien species doesn't have gender the way that we do. And it's so subtle. And I think that that's actually the best way to handle it because I think there's a bit too much of, oh, this person's an alien, so they're non-binary, or this person's a demon, so they're non-binary, or there's some kind of other. They're not human, and so there's a reason. But I think treading lightly there, to me, it feels like that that same piece of like yeah amazing like i i i you know i identify with so many of those pieces and yeah i think it was just really exciting to to see how subtly some of those things are being handled definitely it could be really heavy handed it could be really like we're here to save yeah. the day and it's not right it's like this is he's also kind of an asshole right. you oh, know what yeah. i mean like he's not the exact- asshole community is represented yes we are not biased <laughs> And you know what? I feel represented by the asshole. <laughs> but no, there are definitely moments where like Harry's just like Yes. Or like Harry's too honest, you right. know? And it's like it's it's everyone's like, what? And I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Hard same, Harry. Hard same. You <laughs> yeah. know? You'll get there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. There was actually to to what you're saying, Essie, there was a, a moment actually I was with Alan on set for the gallery episode um, where we go and everyone's dressed up. And originally, I think I say something to him like, do you see an alien anywhere? And, you know, we had a lot of incredible um, actors and and, and actresses that day, uh, but many who were non-binary, transgender, like we had incredible artists, drag queens. It was such an awesome day to be on set. It was my birthday. I, I got to take a picture with everybody. But at, there's a line where I say, do you see anyone that's alien? And and originally, I think the line was something like, well, he says something like, well, I don't see anybody that's human. And we we, we were like, Alan, and Alan, to his credit, was like, now, wait a second. <laughs> you know, like, everyone in here is human. This, we got to make sure we, should, that's not, you know, because it wasn't written that way. It was written to just be this funny, like, oh, people are dressed up weird, but Alan was like, we can't send a message that says like anyone who's non-binary or transgender or a drag queen isn't human, you know? So to his credit, he ended up changing the joke to something else that made more sense in the moment. But it was like, these are things that we're constantly talking about in the show where Chris is always asking us how the verbiage is. If we really feel that that's something we'd say as women, if this is something we would talk about, you know, uh, right. it, you know, and I'm sure he's, he, he like knows aliens and is asking them their opinion too. Like, is this how you see like Harry being yeah. represented, you know, but <laughs> ultimately yeah. he, he just does that much like to his credit research to, to talk yeah. to everybody and make sure that it's as authentic as possible and that we're being like open and respectful. I've never met anybody in his position that is as humble and egoless about the process. Yeah. And it to me is like, weird like I'm like okay weird choice because I I would not be like you know I'm not like that you know I'm kind of narcissistic about stuff like that especially if it's like I'm a showrunner I'm a creator you know this is my baby but he doesn't do that at ever he is someone who is constantly like he's bringing in as much collaboration he's giving credit he's not you know he he's the glue but he doesn't see himself as the auteur that he is he just like he he has to keep the ball rolling and he has to keep it as grounded and real and special as possible and he keeps his ego out of it and I just don't know how he does it. But um, we had this interaction early on when Sarah and I, after a uh, at dinner, there was a scene that we had a problem with the way that it like played out in the um, – in the pilot, it had some references to some historical stuff that he he wasn't aware of, basically. And we, as 
people, educated, internet-dwelling women, were like, Ooh, we don't really want to send this message. We want to try to um, avoid this. These are pitfalls you might not be aware of. And he was like, we were like, so we can talk about it tomorrow. And he was like, I want to talk about it right yeah. now. I think we have a, somebody the took a picture of us at that dinner. Yes. And we are like, Talking to him with our hands. I wish him. you could see us in video, but like our hands are out, yeah. and our, our, our brows are furrowed. And then Elizabeth Bowen's in the background, just like waving, like, hey. And Chris, and Chris is just like, let it listening. go. He's like eating it. He's like, he's like, please give me more. He's like, I not only yeah. do like, are you right? But also like, I, I, this is a good opportunity to let you know that like, um, I do need you to tell me stuff like this. I need you guys to yeah. um, collaborate with me. And I'm sorry that that's your work as well. But, you know, we got to do this collaboratively and come together to make this right. And then later on, and he's telling us like, oh my God, like, he's like, I'm an, I'm an advocate. Like, I'm, I know I'm a white guy, but I'm going to do my best here. And I just want everybody to understand that like safe, safe space, you're, you know, like, you're not below me. You know what I mean? We got to like make sure that this is equitable. And then we go to the bar later and the girl who plays the character in the scene we were talking about walks in and he's like, what's up lady? And she goes in, she's like, he's like, come sit on my lap. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? The look on my face, I just went white. I was like, I mean, I'm already white, but I just went, you know, the blood drained on my face. And I was like, oh my God, like I just signed on to this show. Like, I don't know what to do. We're going to get can't like, Oh my God, like I can't fucking deal with this. And I turned to Levi filler and I was like, is that, that's the actress that plays Jenna, right? Judy. And he's like, yeah, that's it's also Judy. Chris. That's the actress that plays Judy. Right. And he's like, yeah, that's uh, also, it's Chris's fiance. And I was like, Oh my God. Thank God. I, I didn't like, I, I hadn't met her because I was absent for the meet. Like it was, I was just like, Oh my, I'm, we're screwed. We were, we're yeah, screwed. We were just like, this guy's a charlatan. I wasn't there, but Alice relayed that to me later. And I was like, Oh Jesus, thank God. You know, but to be, to Jenna's. Well, I immediately went and told Chris and they, him and Jenna, like, they were like, scream, laugh. We get used thing to it. To, to Jenna's credit, she did in fact audition um, and she just killed it. I mean, she is just She's so, so funny and we are so fortunate that, that, you know, I mean, I'm sure Chris is fortunate, you know, just being able to have her on set and cause they also, she writes, she's an incredible writer. She wrote our, our girls night episode. And so I would think that when you're able to be in a partnership and get to go to work together, there's probably a lot of, mm -hmm. of benefit to that. But ultimately she stands alone. She's an incredible actor. She's so funny. She has so many great improv moments on set. And she also is, as I said, an, an amazing writer. And we're just really grateful that we have her as Judy because she does so much more than I think that Judy was originally written to do. Right. Like Jenna yeah. really, that's sort of like Jenna and Darcy yeah. are similar that way. I think Jenna just kind of came in and, and charmed the room and crushed it because of who she is yeah. as a person. The same way you did, babe. No, come on. You, be you did it. You get out of here. You did it. everybody earlier today i made myself a sandwich and i thought to myself if i could rate and review this sandwich i would give it five stars and <laughs> i would say 
This sandwich is so incredible. It was the best sandwich I've had literally in days. And it was everything I wanted it to be. And that would be a positive review. That would help me see what audience responses were to my sandwich. And, you know, it would just be really a helpful system. I wonder if there's another situation where rating and reviewing would come in handy. Oh, huh. Oh, my God. No, what? you could rate and review this podcast and then that helps us find our audience and it helps us find whatever we've lost it helps us find what we've lost <laughs> helps us find our socks <laughs> our keys our <laughs> cell phone people don't talk about it enough when you rate and review it really changes someone's life <laughs> yeah it's gonna change my life that's for sure and we like to read the reviews you know the ones that are positive that say soothing and nice things <laughs> Five stars. We'll give you five stars as a listener. You give us five stars as a podcast. Five sandwiches. <laughs> this podcast, let's face it, is five delicious sandwiches. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta. And I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. And you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. question that's for both of you um your characters have gone through a whole lot and i've just been thinking about is there something that you'd like to see your characters do more going forward is there a way that you'd like to see them develop that they haven't been able to develop yet or do you have any thoughts on that sarah i mean i i don't really know i mean i guess like if <laughs> like it's it's always been an idea for Darcy to kind of like confront her substance abuse. Um but that is something that's tricky because you know, it's a conflict point and it also helps her to cope and it's like it's weird to think of 
her going through that. So it's sort of like a thing that is off in the distance that Darcy could like contemplate and maybe it's a big part of her like growing up really you know she can't live her life this party way for the rest of her life and expect to um be happy really and fulfilled so it's sort of like yeah we're waiting to see if if the shit hits the fan and if her if her like alcoholism becomes too big of an issue and, and when kind of when it's like sort of a ticking time bomb I think for Darcy um, because though she has a lot of like sad things happen to her and bad things happen to her it's like she also bears a ton of responsibility for that so I think that that is something that is one of my favorite things about playing the character um, is that I, I hope that you show that she, you know this is not just a hero she's an anti-hero in a sense that she you know She's messing it up for herself as well. Mm. She's the reason she can't have nice things. Mm. Um, shout out to Justin Rand. <laughs> yeah, who plays um, your boyfriend on the show. Plays Elliot, Elliot. Thank you. Who you'll see more of in the second yeah. half. And um, hopefully in season three. I'm trying to get him back because he's the best ever. <laughs> he's such a good actor. And he's so fucking cute. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he's a good addition to the show. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm um, opposite and yet similar. I feel like you, you know, you're saying your character maybe wants to like, maybe, and and what would it be like if Darcy were to stop drinking and kind of get her life together and now she's got this boyfriend and like maybe she's starting to kind of figure things out. And I feel like, um, not that I want Asta to fall more apart or anything. She certainly doesn't, yeah. she doesn't have her life together in a different way, but I do feel like I want to see her be more free. I think she's very conservative mm. and kind of zipped up. And when she's around mm. Darcy, she's, that's when she, you see her let her guard down. But what would it be for her to be like that more often? And what does that mean? Does she need to seek something else that, uh, brings her purpose in life. Maybe, um, I mean, I've thought before, like, yeah, we see her as a nurse and I think that that's an important part of her character. Um, but I also am curious, like, what does Asta want to do with her spare time? Like, does she, is she like, does she have this hobby where she's, you know, wants to do poetry or like sing and play her guitar and like what is it that she's I'm thinking burlesque right like, yeah <laughs> maybe flamenco um she's I, I mean because right now all we've seen so far up till now is her dealing with the tragedy of letting her daughter go at a young age and trying to you know deal with the shame of that and also trying to save the world like no big deal. Like it's just like pressure on her shoulders. And at the same time, just trying to figure out who she is and where she comes from. And I just think it would be so nice to see her, you know, I'm, I'm, I think you're always seeing lead roles have like love affairs or romantic relationships. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving that that is not necessarily where Asta's headed, you know, that it's not about some man that comes back into her life and like fulfills her. I'm, I'm so curious mm-hmm. as a woman, what else can we show on screen that is fulfilling, even though it's wonderful to see love relationships mm-hmm. unfold. And she's obviously had an abusive one in the past. And so, you know, I, the writers originally asked me like, do you see her dating or whatever? And I was like, you know, I don't not right away anyways. I mean, 
season four, season five, maybe. But I feel like she's just trying to get her her head back on. And she's trying to like, I mean, I think she needs to like get out of her dad's house. and like, you know, <laughs> just like get out of her dad's house. Maybe find a hobby that fulfills her. Maybe she needs to do roller skating or something that's just very unasta like I think it, she should get into making clothes and they're like really ill-fitting <laughs> and everybody's like Pretty. yeah something <laughs> I would love it if you saw you know I mean I haven't talked with the, to Chris about like where I see Asta headed in season three but maybe that is what I will suggest you know like her us watching her try to figure out what do I do now that I'm yeah, not that's that I'm not like grieving this like thing I was grieving for two seasons or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like because I feel like at some point you can't grieve that in the same way. Yeah. You have to move forward. Even if you're still in grief or you're still dealing with shame or regret, you do have to sort of move forward and find other ways to to open up. So that's why we have to do the the makeover scene. Right. We that's we're gonna I'm take Austin to the mall. That's, well, that's what we're suggesting, <laughs> and we're gonna do the 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 changing room. Yes, because I I'm like you know <laughs> such a tomboy, and like it's so funny. My my hair designer Amber was like, "What do you think Asta has at her house? You know, for like hair tools?" And I was like, "Oh, that's really funny. Like, what's a hair tool for Asta? Like, what do you <laughs> right. mean? Like, I think if she got ready, you know, I think like." Kayla, Sarah Podemski, you know, would come over and like curl her hair for her and Darcy would pick out an outfit. Like, I don't think she, it's not that she's, yeah. she's obviously a capable woman who knows how to dress and like, but she just doesn't think about stuff like that. She just kind of throws her shirt mm-hmm. on and goes, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to like a, a approach your character in that way. I don't know if you had this at mm-hmm. all, Alice, but like I was having full on conversations with Jen Kipps, our makeup designer and Amber, our hair designer about like, I don't want to just look like good for TV. I want to look real. I want to like, this is a woman that gets out of bed, throws on a plaid shirt. She doesn't put a lot of makeup on, but it doesn't mean she doesn't have makeup on. And when she does make an effort for girls night, what does she do? And we talked about it. It was like, she braids her hair. That's what she knows. (laughs) You know, like she doesn't do much else. Her choker that I wore was like, the extent of it. And I put on a little bit more makeup that night because it was like, that's the one night that she, like, yeah, it's like it's very realistic. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it would be fun to explore as the long winded answer to explore Asta, just having more fun and trying to find what, what is, what is she seeking in life as a person? Yeah. Like, what does she need to fulfill her soul's purpose? Yeah. <sighs> Tangent number 11. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Corey. <laughs> I'm all like, damn, I just got to think about that for a minute. Honestly, right? yeah, you all did all the work for us. So. I'm like, I'm picturing a montage. Like, it kind of reminds me of like when Darcy and Jay send the asshole husband's car into the. Yeah. Uh, the, con- the Probably the, the most controversial scene of the entire series. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which, you know, I found enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, you know, and I, I like, you know, something that's like a little bit weird, like maybe she's roller skating down that hill <laughs> and like, and then it like cuts to, I don't know, like I could just see her trying out a trying bunch of stuff. Trying some stuff. And, I think that would be funny. Yeah. It'd be really it'd be cute. funny for yeah. like, I love that, Alice. I love her like trying to make clothes and they're not good. Like she's trying to find her thing yeah. now. Yeah. You know, like yeah. what's her yeah. thing? And then maybe she... Who knows? Like maybe she just, I, I, I don't know. I just find it, I find that fascinating as a human, especially as an actor when you're not working 
we were just talking about this the other day, Alice and I, like, we right. need to do something with our hands. Like, so Alice is always like making yeah. things and I'm like making earrings and we're like, just what can we do to be creative? God, like give us something. Yeah. <laughs> we're crafting over here. <laughs> but like, yeah, but you're also, you, some days, you know, depending on if you're having a good mental health day or not, like, do I feel like creating? Do I want to play my guitar? Do I want to go roller skating? Cause some days I'm just like on this couch. Yeah. And I'm not getting out. And I think quarantine. And nice thank you. It's new. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to meet it. In thank person. you. You're going to see it in about two hours. It's going to be great. I know. I'm so pumped. <laughs> episode day, you guys. Episode day. <laughs> it's episode day. Oh, that was it. It was like we knew. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. We'll make sure to edit that into like a clip for you Thank all you. and send it to you so you can just, you know, use it for promo, I assume. Thank you so much. That's it. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Do you have – can you send your resume to socials? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't stop shading them. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad has happened yet, oh, so yeah. I won't stop. <laughs> I think this is like maybe like a slightly long one. So I know we're at time. The only question I really had was I saw that you do tarot, Sarah. And I was wondering if that plays any role in your character work. Um, And then uh, also, I guess, Alice as well, because, you know, like when you're friends with somebody, (laughs) you do the things that they do. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do I do tarot? Yes. Oh my God. I love tarot. I could talk about tarot forever. And and because we're at the end, yes. I will say the answer is yes. I have a, a routine of pulling cards in the morning and I've, I've found it incredibly helpful when I'm dealing with things that Asta's dealing with to pull cards on Asta's behalf and find mm. out the kind of energy that I need to be prepared for that day or things I need to think about in my work. Um, while I'm working, I usually pull a card a month and it's quite fascinating. Like at the top of the season, I'll pull cards for every month that we're shooting mm. then. And so when I finally get to March and we're still shooting, I'll pull the, I'll, I'll turn that card over. Yeah. And it's always fascinating to me how insightful and enlightened and spot on it is like I will March is like when we're towards the end of shooting and everything's chaotic and the the schedule's wild and you know the card will be something to the effect of like slow down take your time remember your blessings you are here you are meant to be here you know and I'm like thank you (laughs) and then Asta can also just breathe a little bit easier too we haven't done any tarot on set which is really alarming i should bring it to your trailer i should i should make you yeah, pull a card it is alarming that's the perfect word for it it's alarming. alarming with how much no it's just very personal so i don't i don't make anyone do it unless they really want to because <laughs> yes. i will your tolerance is commendable i i don't do tarot i don't i don't disbelieve at all um i don't i just i like to be around when sarah's doing it to other people or is reading mm-hmm. for other people, I feel like the energy is enough for me just to watch it happen for others. I'm like, oh, I, I'm sort of like, it's like ASMR. <laughs> I'm like over, like she she read cards for Meredith Garrison, our, uh, our friend and co-star. And, and I was just like, I just fell asleep. I just fell right. I was like, I put, put me right down. 
Because I was just like, this <laughs> in is in the best way. Relaxing. I hope. My God. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, no, you're, you're not for the soul. <laughs> it was. It was. It's just like it takes your tension away, and ooh, it was good. But um, yeah, I don't really do that kind of stuff as much. I'm like a Buddhist by a uh, uh, trade. Is that what you say? No, I, that's my thing. <laughs> I meditate and I do. Um, yeah, sort of meditation. like breath awareness meditation, shamatha meditation, and uh, that's my thing. And it's very non-theistic, and it's kind of dry and kind of ascetic. Um, but it works <laughs> for me, and uh, <laughs> that's my yeah. thing. So I meditate too. We should we should do that sometime on set. We'll just be like let's guys, meditate at each meditating. other. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Good luck to us. Good luck getting us on set. Meditating is a, way to, is a good way to get things moving because then we start and they're like, okay, we're ready. Okay. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, it's been such a delight to talk to you both. Thank you so much for making time for us. I know that when you're on a show, it can be intense promoting all the time and uh, a lot of the same questions. I hope we toss some fun new ones your way. And Oh, definitely. You know, I, I just yeah. I can't stop thinking about a couple of, of different scenes. And I think one of them is when Darcy's climbing out of that iceberg. I think that the sheer determination you were able to communicate and the pain, like when it's really a lot of extreme close-ups, like that takes a lot of, I think, talent and, and awareness of the character. Yeah. And I will probably think about that scene for forever. Thank you. Um, oh, it, I love The stakes that. are so good. You know, we've got, meanwhile, we've got Asta finding out Harry's an alien and like her friend might be dying above her. And there's just the stakes. Oh, that was such a good, such a good scene. Yeah. Such yeah. a good episode. And then, you know, I think a lot about Asta and Jay and the way that you, Sarah, you really take in so many layers of trauma and pain and healing and, and, communicate that with that same sort of like sorrow, right? Because a lot of what Asta mm -hmm. has to do is apologize to Jay. <laughs> like, oh, I yeah. put you in some weird positions. That's my bad, you know? <laughs> I made you come to work for me so I could just stare yeah. at you every day and yeah. it's normal. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and like realizing her flaws and, and being actually being sorry, right? She's not just performing sorrow. And I yeah. think that's it's really neat to see. I think you both hit the nail on the head of like there's something so special in this relationship. And I think you know, Sarah Century and I are super duper close friends. And I think we believe very much in the power of marginalized genders, taking care of each other, looking out for each other, being close, making stupid jokes, laughing, healing mm -hmm. through just being goofballs, right? Like mm -hmm. frequently for folks who are assigned female at birth, we are regimented and taught to be serious and taught to be polite and small and pretty and agreeable. And mm. it is powerful to see women misbehave. It is powerful to see women make just terrible mistakes. Yeah. Like just yes. really inexcusable shit. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah. thank you because I too have done truly inexcusable things in my life. Mm -hmm. And to see that on the screen makes me feel like, okay, and I can be loved if I love yeah. Asta, if I love Darcy, like, and I want them to love themselves. Okay. Well then I can, oh, I can love you. me too. That is yeah. the best what a possible compliment. reaction that, that yeah. we could ever get. Definitely. Yeah. If we, like I've, and I said before to another family, like if we have any, any role in helping people love themselves, you know, and helping people make their days brighter, like that is the reason we do this, you know, is yeah. to make, you know, is to create pathways in people's brains for like ways to realize that you're, you're good. You're okay. You know, you're, you're, you're not worthwhile alone. and you're not, yeah. Yeah, 
you're an important part of this universal community, this galactic community, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we can reach anyone, even just one person through their living room television and help them feel seen and, um, and safe, then we've done our job. And so thank you for that. That means a lot. It's wonderful to be here. And we're so grateful that we got to talk to you guys today. Yeah, thank you so, so much. And uh, uh, she would kill me if I, I didn't uh, say so. My wife is a huge fan and thinks you both are absolutely perfect the entire oh, series. So We love your to, wife. You know, me too. Me too. Yeah. Your wife's right. Your right? wife's so awesome. Happy yeah, wife, I happy d- life. I did good. Happy I did wife, good. happy <laughs> life. Come on. You don't know how yes. true that is. <laughs> yes. What is your wife's name? Her name's Emily. 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 Emily, Emily, we Well, that couldn't have been more perfect. Uh, Sarah, Alice, if folks want to learn more about you or, or check out your social media, I don't know if y'all have any. Is there anything you want to plug online? Sure. They can follow me on Instagram, Sarah Tomko 19. Not because there's 19 Sarah Tomkos, because that's my favorite number. Okay. Get off my dick about <laughs> this it. Lady loves numbers. And Twitter, <laughs> actress Sarah Tomko, but there's only two S's with the actress Sarah Tom- Anyways, you'll figure it out. You'll find we me. Will. You will. Um, <laughs> uh, Alice? Same. Uh, except not Sarah Tomko, Alice Waterland <laughs> on both platforms. You'll find me. It's my first yeah, and last name. You'll find us. You'll yeah. find us. Uh, we talk a lot about, you know, equal rights and, um, how angry we are at, we do. um, um, people who don't give us a, a voice. Uh, oh, I'll so. pop off. And also we talk about the show because we love every platform we do. we're on. We do. You can find me talking about that as well. And I'll be at the uh, at Flappers Burbank. If anybody's yes. listening to this in Burbank, I'll be at Flappers Burbank on September 23rd doing an hour Hopefully all new stuff. I'll be there in the audience. So if you want to see Sarah and I, you'll also <laughs> see Sarah. Looking at each other. <laughs> I am furious I don't live in LA. I would love to be there. Well, uh, you got to move. Sorry. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm on. I'm in. I'm done. You're in. You're I'll on. Be, you're in. I'll be living next door. I'll just be like, oh, hey, Wonderful. Alice. Uh, yeah, it's um, perfect. I don't know where you live. I'm not going to do that to you. That Thank was you. a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Sarah uh, Century, you, of course, are the love of my life. Uh, Thank aside you. from my lovely wife. Emily. 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 <laughs> Sarah Tomko, Alice Wetterland. Y'all, God damn it. Thank you. This was beautiful today. Kate, thank you for making us sound good and for editing out the times. I laughed so hard it broke the mic. Uh, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> thank you, Monica, Kate. we miss you today, but we love you. Monica's our other host. Monica, we miss you so much. Yes. Monica. And, God dang uh, it, Monica. Where are you? God. <laughs> Her puppy is at the vet, so she oh, she's sorry no. to miss. but Sending um, love to Monica's puppy. Yes, yes, we all are. Uh, listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you want to learn more about Sarah and Alice, go check out the show notes. We'll link to all their handles. And, of course, listeners, you must tune into Resident Alien. Gun-gun. <laughs> Thank 
Thank you for listening to Bitches on Comics. We are a bi-weekly podcast where we talk to your favorite comics and pop culture creators and critics about what matters to them in comics and pop culture, as you might have guessed. You can follow us on Twitter at, at @bitchesoncomics and on Instagram at, at @bitchesoncomics. Our website is brace yourself bitchesoncomics.com if you go there you can listen to any of our episodes and we've got other shit that we put on tabs I don't remember what it is I am in charge of updating the website however so good luck thanks for the heads up I'll go to this website now if you'd like to support the podcast you can do so by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts I'm Sarah Century and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com and Twitter and Instagram. Still Sarah Century on those. I'm S.E. Fleenor. You can learn more about me at sefleenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at S.E. underscore Fleenor. Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Our music is recorded by Katie Taylor, who plays as Earth Control Pill. You can find her music at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly, but don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.